If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalm, Psalm 23. Everyone should know this psalm by heart, but I just want to focus on one verse this morning. Is that okay? I actually was not even planning on preaching today. I told the worship team on Thursday, I'm not going to be preaching. We're just going to worship. And the next day, my family had to run to Baton Rouge to take care of some stuff. And on the way back, Olga and I were talking. We were just talking about everything that's going on and the stories we're getting from our family, you know, people all across the church and that are going through things and, like, processing through that. You know, every, every day you get, a, you get another message or, or whatever. We're processing through this. And while we were talking, Psalm 23 just popped into my head. And I've, I've learned... Over the years of my life, it's not a super long life, but it's also not super short. I've, I've had a lot of lessons, amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You had some lessons. You can tell how many lessons I've got because my beard keeps getting grayer. I'm learning a lot. It's not getting as gray up here. It's just leaving up here. Getting wise. I'm getting bald. Chris, I'm trying to be just like you, man, wherever you're at. Sparky, happy birthday. Psalm 23 popped in my head, but I've learned that that's not me. That in these moments when the Word of God pops in your head and it fits perfectly what you're going on, that is the breath of God. That is the Holy Spirit breathing into you in that moment exactly what you need in the moment, right? He said, I'll give you the words, just trust me. Sometimes just close your mouth and let him talk. He knows what he's saying, right? Like he created us. We're made in His image and in His likeness. Did y'all, did y'all forget the series that we're in? We're made in the image and the likeness of the Almighty, not someone else. In the image and the likeness of the Almighty. He knows everything about us before we ever get into it. And He said, right now, you need to remember what I told David all the way back then. And my mind went to the Scripture. If you don't mind, put it on the screen real quick, Eden. Just simply, the first verse is just where my, where my spirit just settled. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. For those of us who are over... 35 and remember back when you went to church and you had to read out of the King James the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want right I shall not want that is not I may want and then I may no because the Lord is my shepherd there are no wants in me that overwhelm my understanding of who my provider is There's nothing lacking in me that the source of everything that I need can't fulfill. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm making a conscious decision not to want anything else. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. So when life happens, has life happened to anybody? Let me just go ahead and say it. I I, I don't control my wife. I've learned better not to even try. 
It's not even a relationship series, but husbands, I just did you a massive favor. If you ever want to get married, learn now. Don't try to control your wife. You go to sleep, they will cut you. I didn't tell her what to say when she came up here, but I really wish she hadn't gone into all of our stuff. For the primary reason, it ain't none of your business. It's not. I don't need you worrying about me. I appreciate the prayers, but I don't need you worrying about me. My God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. What's a few more shirts and underwear and ripped up blue jeans? Seriously. What's a few shingles? What's new flooring? God's got it. I ain't worried about nothing. Oh, oh, you're just, you're, you're posturing. No, I promise you I'm not. Hey, let, let me tell you why. Is, is this okay? Back when I was a child, we went through some stuff. By the way, this is not my first hurricane. I, I know I moved here from California, but I grew up in Baton Rouge, and we lived through a few hurricanes growing up. Like, this, this ain't nothing new. Somebody told me the other day, well, now you know what we lived through. I grew up in it. I'm older than you. I knew it before you knew it. I've just decided not to cry about it for 15 years. I'm just saying. Back when I was a child, I was going through some stuff in my own life at the same time that my family was going through some stuff. I grew up, many of you know this, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. My dad pastored a great church in Baton Rouge for like 4,000 years. Noah got off the ark. Dad started pastoring in Baton Rouge. That's just kind of how it worked. He was there like Noah was building the altar, coming off the ark. He's like, Curtis, you want something? You know, anyway, that's just how it worked. And if you don't know anything about ministry, let me, let me go ahead and help you out. Ministry is hard. I, I was having a conversation with Pastor John and Rachel this week, and they said something, you know, something didn't go perfectly the way that we always plan to go. And I said, welcome to ministry. And John said, I hate that statement because he knows we say that all the time. Like, ministry is this. It's not going to go the way that you planned. If it does, that's an accident. I promise you. But ministry is hard, and in my family, my, I was going through something personally, but my family was going through some stuff. And I remember my dad sitting us down. We, we were a godly family. I wasn't, but the rest of the family was, you know, they, they were doing well. They were praying for my eternal salvation. But anyway, dad sat us down. We, we didn't spend a lot of time sitting around doing Bible devotions as a family. That's really cool if you can do it. Just don't force your kids to do it because it will force them out of the door. But if you train up a child in the way they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. It's amazing what the, if we follow the scripture how that works. But God, uh, Dad sat us down and he said, all right, everybody, we're going to have a family meeting. And he did something that pastors don't normally do with their families. He actually started talking about the situation. Most pastors don't chew on the, the saints with the family. It's not really good for the kids to hear all that stuff. And Dad just said, I want you to know exactly what's going on. And in this particular moment, all hell was breaking loose in the congregation there in Baton Rouge. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, I love you. I'm not exposing any of our deep, dark secrets. We're good. But he, he told us everything. He didn't pull any punches. By the way, if you want to know why I'm so transparent, that's why. That's how my dad made me. And he said, I want you to know, because I want you to hear from me exactly what's going on so that there are no questions when you hear stuff rattling around the congregation. 
And I was young. I, I, I think I was like 11. I didn't really even know how to comprehend what I was hearing. I, I didn't know what to do with it. And he tells all of this horrible stuff, like people, people that we thought were our friends who were like stabbing my parents in the back with other people. By the way, that's not going on. I'm not dealing with a problem. I'm just telling y'all a story. Is that cool? All right. Don't, don't nobody think. Church is good. But like, how, like I'm supposed to smile at them on Sunday? They, when they tell me they're praying for me, I better like run from that kind of prayer. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, and he's being very real. And I remember my my brother said, "Daddy," because we're southern. That's what we call him, Daddy. What do we do? I've never forgot this moment. Because I've been in situations like this again where things got beyond my control and I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. My dad was sitting there. He pushed everything away. He closed his eyes and he put his head back. And he simply said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And something began to happen that I've only seen happen maybe four times my entire life. Tears started streaming down my dad's face. Not like the rivers of living water, just like that perfect cinematic moment, Preston, like where the where the tear creeps down. He didn't have a beard, so you could like see it all the way down. Like we hadn't daddy's crying. Oh crap, what do you do? Daddy's crying. And he said, I'm not sad. These are tears of joy. Because I don't have to know what to do. Because I'm not in charge. He is. And in that moment, this 11-year-old boy started learning the lesson of the 23rd Psalm. All the other verses mean nothing without verse number 1. And all the things that we go through in our life, it doesn't matter what books you read. It doesn't matter what classes you go to. It doesn't matter how many people you talk to. It doesn't matter what your favorite social media influencer tells you. It doesn't matter what your favorite newscaster tells you. It doesn't matter who your, your favorite political figure is. It doesn't matter what they tell you. Nothing else in life matters if you don't have a grasp on Psalm 23, verse 1. But when you are firmly rooted in the understanding that the Lord is your shepherd. This okay this morning? Let, let, let me break it down for you real quick. Jake's fingers are going to get tired, but just stay with me. Just stay with me. The Lord, what, is, what does that mean? What does Lord mean? See, here's the deal. We don't speak this language. We don't walk around saying, hello, Lord. We, I mean, we don't do that. Like the closest thing that we've got to royalty is 
is Harry and Meghan, and they, they're trying to not be. Like, we don't, we don't know what royalty is. Like, we don't know what royalty is, but Lord literally means this. I am sovereign. Now, see, that's not a word that we use a lot. We know what it means, maybe. But you see, sovereign does not mean he is in control. And if you spend any time around church, especially the more lively, we call them Pentecostal-style churches, are spirit-centric if you want to be really cool in your verbiage. Like we say, oh, God is in control. And if you really want him to know it, you say, God is in control, right? You get your bath towel wiped, you say, God's in control. But here's the reality. God is not in control. God is sovereign. There's a difference. You see, control is derived authority from a higher authority who meets out or extends or delegates authority that is inherent within the sovereign. God is sovereign. Lord means this. You don't have to look anywhere else. I am all. I'm not in in charge. You are. But you have delegated authority from myself, and I have all authority in heaven and in earth. And if you've been paying attention at all since the month of February as we've been going through this Exposing Jesus series, you know from Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, Hey, guys. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. The Lord, the one who is the ultimate sovereign, is my shepherd. Why does that even matter? Because if you don't understand that he's your shepherd, there are things that you want, and there are things that you think you need, and you go reach for them. Let me, let me change that. We go reach for them. Right? You see, in moments like this, depression settles in. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Because some of us would lie and say that we haven't faced any. But we've all faced some. And in the moments of depression and anxiety and, and just confusion, what do I say? What do I do? In this moment, I I don't know where to turn. We start looking for alternatives. We may drink it. We may shoot it. We may smoke it. We may swallow it. We may hop in the bed with it. We may pull the lever and gamble it or scratch the... Is this okay? Am I being too real? We start medicating. Self-directed medication. Because we think we need something that we don't need. And we say, I'm, I'm, just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm going to need something to get my mind away from this. It's been the end of a really long day. I just, oh, Calgon, take me away. You know, just like only the old folks got that one, but I'm with you. I need something to numb my senses. No, you don't. If the Lord is your shepherd. Can you just tell me some words of encouragement? Yes, the Lord is your shepherd. 
Man, I wish some people of God would gather around me and just encourage me. No, 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 no. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Do you know who your God is? Either he's God or he's not God. What kind of whacked out theology is this? It's exactly no theology. The problem is we chase theology. And when the preacher says something that doesn't agree with our theology, we go, oh, I'm not going to be a part of that. I need to step away from that. Here's the deal. You need to shut down your brain, and you need to open up your heart and say, you are greater. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing that I want that he has not already provided for me. But he's already provided everything that I need. Here's the deal. I know some of you have already clicked me off because it does not align with your personal view on things. But you need to hear the word of God today. This isn't me talking. This is God speaking to you because I had no intention of talking today. But God wanted you to hear this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. But in all thy ways. Somebody say it with me. Say, all my ways. Come on, say it like you're preaching with me. All my ways. Except in the ways that I want to keep for myself. Except in the ways that make me feel good as I go and I blow up social media with my personal drama and self-gossip so that I can get a little bit of sympathy from people who really don't care about me. No, no. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. What does that mean? It simply means this. Your Lord, I have all I need. Your Lord... You've met all of my wants even before my wants even got into my peanut brain. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That was a lot of thighs right there. Trust in Jesus and nobody else and nothing else substance, relationship, anything, conversation. Don't trust in any of that. Trust in Jesus, and if you trust in him and you make him the Lord of your life, what, what does that mean? Oh, you're Lord, you're sovereign, I'm going to get up under that authority. Oh, you're, you're moving over there, okay. Oh, you're bringing divine understanding that I haven't heard my entire life because I grew up in a denominational setting that only preached a theology. Let me get up under that so that you can stretch me somewhere that I've never been so you can accomplish something in me that I've never seen. You're God. I'm not. Look at your neighbor and say, he's God. You're not. Husbands, look at your wife and say, he's God. You're not. Wives, look back at your husband and say, he's God. Not you, fool. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Don't say that. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then he's going to turn on the light of his holiness and shine in the darkness of the hell that you're living in and say, don't do that. Walk this way. You can sing it. It's okay. He gets the angel choir going. Come on. You see Gabriel up there doing this. Anyway. Don't walk that way because if you walk that way, you're going to stay in confusion and you're going to think you need things that you don't need. You actually want them, but those things are killing you. Acknowledge me and let the light of my love and the light of my identity begin to create a new path in the middle of the muck and the mire and the things you can't understand and follow where I'm leading you. You need to walk out of your circumstance. Hear me. Walk out of your circumstance and say, hello, world. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. 